Hi, everybody. Quick update before the start of today's show. Because of an audio glitch, my recording for Violent Night got all screwed up and was essentially unsalvageable. And this has been a crazy week on my end, so I did not have a chance to re-record it. But fortunately, I had another episode locked and ready to go, so uh, bear with me today. Lesson of the week is to always have a plan B, especially in the world of podcasting. But uh, in any event, Violent Night will be dropping for next week's show. But today, I do hope you enjoy hearing my thoughts on Batman Returns, a film which came out 30 years ago this past June and is one of the finest comic book films, in my humble opinion, and it also happens to be a stellar Christmas movie. So keeping with our holiday theme, do hope you enjoy the show. When you ask people to name a Christmas movie, you usually hear the, uh, the familiar favorites. A Christmas Story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Elf, etc., etc. Occasionally you might even hear Die Hard, which I know, hard to believe that that uh, might classify as a Christmas movie, but there is a... Fierce debate, which I I think has been settled uh, in recent years, that Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. And if that is the case, if Die Hard is considered a Christmas movie, then I contend that the 1992 Batman sequel, Batman Returns, is, in fact, a Christmas movie as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I am your host, Phil Walsh, and you are listening to episode number 36 of this ongoing podcast series dedicated to, you guessed it, the movies, the good, the bad, everything in between. I talk about it all on this show, and today I am going to be talking about, no, not It's a Wonderful Life, not Miracle on 34th Street, but Batman Returns. The sequel to Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film, which, for all intents and purposes, reinvented the Batman character, transformed the comic book genre into a mega, mega powerhouse that is still with us today in our cinematic landscape. It all, in many ways, goes back to 1989's Batman. I mean, there's an argument to be made with 1978 Superman, but 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 Batman '89 really, I think, kicked off this you know, almost obsession we have with with superhero movies and comic book films, and and it portrayed it in a way that made it both entertaining and enjoyable for younger audiences, but also accessible for older audiences. And again, like I said, that that. That thinking, that connection has stayed with us up until the present day. The comic book 
movie uh, genre has not gone away. If anything, it's only intensified and, and, and maybe gone a little overboard, but I'm not going to get into that today, but instead want to talk about Batman Returns, which is a Christmas movie, uh, and, and I am not the only one that uh, feels that way. There have been a number of articles written over the uh, over the years arguing just that, that it is, in fact, a Christmas movie, and in the spirit of the holiday season, I felt it would be uh, uh, appropriate to talk about not only one of my favorite Batman films, as you all know, I'm a, a big fan of the Cape Crusader, but... As someone who who loves the character of Batman, this one, this movie really stands, I think, heads and shoulders above many, many of the films. And I, you know, have to say, full disclosure, uh, it's a top three Batman uh, movie for me. Uh, Easily uh, surpasses 89, which uh, I, I enjoy a great deal. But there's just something about Batman Returns. It's a twisted, gothic, almost fairy tale like take on the uh, on the genre and and again i know it has its detractors and i i understand it i know it, it is a bold and and very different film but uh as as many of you probably realize you know based on uh, some of my uh, my reviews in in recent uh, months uh i'm okay with you know a movie being uh, bold and different and, and maybe a little outrageous so uh really excited to share with you my thoughts on this film and also Kind of tie it in with the uh, with the Christmas subtext, but before that, let me, as always, begin with a little bit of housekeeping. First off, thank you to you, the listeners, for your continued support of this show. We are well over a thousand downloads. Uh, actually, quickly closing up on uh, fifteen hundred. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued support and embrace of this show. As I've said from the beginning, all the way back in January, now. Uh, that this is a passion project for me. I love films. I love talking about cinema and and, and watching movies. And you know, I'm going to do this. You know, uh, un- you know, until my 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 voice stops, uh, or or maybe there's enough of a of a protest, you know, begging me to stop. <laughs> but uh, until that time, uh, I'm going to keep doing this. But uh, to have your response and your uh, just engagement with the show and uh, warm embrace has really made it all the more worthwhile so thank you uh thank you listeners from the bottom of my heart and, and especially to uh all the friends and 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 the family certainly uh but but you know, people out there who are listening to the show and and many people uh who i have become uh friends with because of this show uh you know, really my 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 praise and my thanks goes double uh in, in that sense so thank you thank you thank you as always uh, next, of course, uh, if you have not done so, feel free to uh, follow along, rate and review on on Apple Podcast or your uh, or your platform of choice, and uh, feel free to share this podcast with your family, your friends, anyone who you think might enjoy hearing a uh, a film buff go on about his uh, his love of cinema, or as I've said in the past, maybe you just want to you know put yourself to sleep or, or or help someone else get to sleep maybe the sound of my voice might just lull them off uh and help with insomnia you know if that works then i, I guess i've done my job too but uh in any event uh as always check off the uh subscriptions feel free to uh to rate and review and uh lastly you can follow along uh on the uh on the social media 
uh, tabs today. Um, everything will be in the show notes, but uh, you can certainly follow me along uh, on Twitter. That's where I'm I'm at these days. Uh, despite all the uh, the goings on with Twitter, I'm still there and uh, have no intention of leaving. Um, but uh, you can follow me along. My uh, personal handle is Phil Cast Movies, and of course, you can follow along the show as well, which is Phil at the movies, but as I've said, I'm much more engaged and active on my, on my personal ones. So, uh, you can, uh, you can reach me there. Uh, certainly want to know your thoughts on Christmas movies in general, uh, movies in 2022 thoughts on the, uh, upcoming, uh, Oscar season, which we're, we're pretty much in the heart of, uh, award season. Now, a lot of things are starting to, to roll out and we're seeing, uh, a usual, uh, kind of usual suspects, I guess, if you will, uh, of, uh, of actors and actresses who will be, uh, I think, most likely uh, there for the main event. But uh, certainly be t- uh, talking more about that in the, uh, in the coming months. But uh, curious to know your thoughts as well as your favorite Christmas movies. I have certainly talked about a few of mine uh, in, uh, over the last few weeks, most, uh, uh, yeah, most notably uh, A Christmas Story, which... To this day, remains my favorite Christmas movie uh, of all time, and then of course the uh, the wonderful follow up uh, that came out this year as well. But uh, curious to know your thoughts, so uh, feel free to uh, you know let me know uh, what you think, what's your favorite Christmas movies, and what you think of Batman Returns. I mean, this is one that I know uh, may be controversial, but that's okay. Uh, like to uh, like to spice up the eggnog on this uh, on this uh, holiday themed show, so. Without any further ado, let me dive into episode number 36 and let me discuss this this uh, comic book movie which just so happens to have a Christmas uh, subtext to it. So, Batman Returns, and kind of give you the quick history of it, comes out 1992, three years after uh, Batman 89, which was, of course, this huge... Uh, box office success, critical success. I mean, like I said, just in many ways created the genre, reinvigorated the genre, made Batman a pop culture phenomenon in a way that he had not been really since the Adam West show, but kind of took it to the next level and removed the whole bam, pow, zap, and holy guacamole uh, association with the character and made him once more a dark, gritty Avenger of the night. And that has largely stayed... Uh, true to form up until the present day with slight deviations in, in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But, I mean, nevertheless, Batman 89 comes along, and, and it really was an event. I mean, you go back and you watch a lot of the old news clippings and promotional materials that were on, I mean, you can find them all over YouTube. But this movie was an event. And, and someone, I, I forget the... Uh, the critic who who put it this way, but in many ways it, it does kind of sum up the whole thing. The movie is sort of it's a weak plot. Batman eighty nine. I mean, it's it, there's not much in the way of you know quote unquote story. It's more about just the event, the idea of having Batman, the Joker, on the big screen in a serious way and with. You know, big budget effects and costumes and just the whole trappings. And so you look at the summer of 89. I mean, it was bat 
mania. And it really started, of course, with the firestorm that was the casting of Michael Keaton as Batman. Of course, at the time, everyone was like, oh, my God, we can't have Mr. Mom play Batman. That's horrible. And, of course, we all know how that turned out. And that's another story that has repeated its way through comic book castings and superhero castings over the year. Everyone from Heath Ledger to, most recently, uh, Robert Pattinson's turn as Batman. And, again, I always chuckle when, when people just you know, lose their shit over a particular casting, especially when it comes to uh, someone in the Batman uh, world. I mean, I always just say, look, let's go all the way back to 1989. Everyone lost their mind with Michael Keaton. There was a piece, I guess, in the Wall Street Journal, of all places, criticizing Warner Brothers that what a horrible decision this was. And yet, I mean, no one's laughing now. I mean, Michael Keaton is, is arguably one of the best, if not the best, uh, uh, actors to uh, put on the cape and cowl. But uh, it, it, it is always amusing. But nevertheless, Batman Returns comes along. Huge success. And when you have a huge success, a sequel is inevitable. Now... Today, of course, we live in a much different world where, I mean, sequels are pretty much planned from almost the inception of the original film. Back then, of course, wasn't the world that we live in today. I mean, sequels happened, but they were not always a sure thing, and then sometimes they were uh, a misfire and, and, you know, an inferior product. So, Batman Returns, or Batman 2 at the time, was not a surefire thing. Warner Brothers actually spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to store all of the sets and Batcave uh, props and, and uh, trappings from the original film in preparation for uh, a potential sequel. But a lot of it hinged on, on Tim Burton's involvement because he wasn't sure if he wanted to go back to the world of Gotham City if he wanted to tell another story. I mean, he felt at the time that he had done what he wanted to to do. He had said what he had to say. And then if it was going to happen, it would happen. But he was not necessarily uh, you know, ready from the, from the beginning to jump on for a second film. He went off course and did uh, Edward Scissorhands, which is another wonderful, again, kind of twisted gothic fairy tale. And I think just illustrates the genius of, uh, of Tim Burton, who, uh, I mean, I, I know, you know, again, he has his detractors uh, as well. You either like his style or you don't. But, I mean, you can't deny that, that he has a wonderful artistic vision and, and an eye for design. I mean, Tim Burton's films all look amazing. I mean, they look like just art come to life in many ways. So, uh, you know, he goes off and does Edward Scissorhands and then, you know, by this point, you know, Warner Brothers is is knocking at the door. They want to get a sequel going. They want to capitalize on the success of, of Batman 89. And so uh, Tim Burton kind of, you know, I think the word, you know, reluctant is probably fair. He wasn't, you know, jumping all in, but, you know, he agreed. And essentially what happened is uh, Sam Hamm, who wrote the original uh, film, much of the original film, came in and wrote a uh, uh, wrote the first draft for what was then called Batman 2. And the studio had, you know, essentially one mandate. They they really wanted the penguin as the villain in the film because in their eyes and and, and there's a, an argument to be made the penguin is the the second Batman villain after the Joker. I mean certainly if you look at the TV show the penguin was, you know, just as uh, recurring as the Joker, but uh, by the by, they they won the penguin, and so they 
you know, wrote the story around the penguin, and uh, Tim Burton and, and Sam Hamm wanted to have Catwoman in it as well, so both characters are, are in there. And uh, the original uh, version of this script actually included Robin as well. So Robin was going to make his uh, his entrance into the uh, into the Batman world at this point. Now I have read the original Batman uh, two script, and and it really is enjoyable. And and for those of you who are fans of that world, and I know there was a uh, a series of comic books that came out back uh, over the last year uh, by Sam Hamm that kind of continued the storyline of, of Batman 89, Batman Returns. Highly recommend checking that out because Sam Hamm has a real uh, distinct voice when it comes to that particular world. And his script for the original version of, of what would ultimately become Batman Returns, it really does feel like a direct sequel from Batman 89. Uh, I mean, you could almost just imagine the same world and the same texture and the same environment translating from 89 into the the second film. There's a lot more continuity. Vicki Vale is still uh, present in the film. Um, I can't remember if the Knox character was in the script or not because at one point his character was killed off in an earlier... Uh, version of 89 but um I, i'd have to go back and check that but i mean irrelevant at this point um you know again it's it's very much a, a direct continuation of the story that began in 89 there's references to jack napier and the joker and and, and it, it does feel more connected uh but overall i felt and i think it was probably the same feeling of tim burton and others that that it was under Whelming. Um, you know, th- there's some great stuff in there with with the Penguin and and Batman and, and of course Catwoman and then the introduction of Robin, but it doesn't have the same kind of oomph that Batman Returns does. Still set at Christmas time, so the the Christmas uh, subtext was going to still be present in the film. They wanted to have it set during December and at the holidays. Uh, but it, it just doesn't have the same vibe as Batman Returns does. Uh, you know, again, it, it may very well have turned out to be a very good film. And there's some, you know, interesting stuff that went on there with the showdown in the Batcave and Batman versus the Penguin. It was all it was all very exciting and, and, and you know, kind of, you know, leads to the, you know, there'll be another one down the road. But uh, ultimately, I, I can see why... Tim Burton wanted to go in another direction. So, uh, you know, Sam Hamm, you know, did his, uh, you know, did his, uh, his bit and, uh, you know, wrote, you know, I think he wrote, ended up writing maybe, you know, another, uh, draft at that point, uh, before, uh, Tim Burton decided to, uh, to bring on, um, a writer named Daniel Waters. And he sort of, you know, took the, took the, um, you know the the basic premise of having bat of having Catwoman and the Penguin, and then just rewrote it, and and essentially you know rather than just sort of you know, tweaking here or tweaking there, he really overhauled the entire script into what would essentially become the final version of the film, and so the film uh, th- that that is uh, that that is there and is you know in many ways beloved by by many. 
uh, it, you know, starts off in uh, you know in the past with the birth of Oswald Cobblepot, aka the future Penguin, and uh, he's born to this wealthy family, uh, the Cobblepots in Gotham City, and he's deformed. He you know he's he looks in many ways like a penguin, and so the family discards him into the river and kind of almost like a, a reverse story of Moses you know he's uh, you know his you know uh, bassinet is, is drifted down into the into the sewers and he's essentially raised by by zoo penguins uh, and then you know flash forward 33 years later it's Gotham City it's present day and it's like a it's like a gothic nightmare come to life I mean you know, I have to say, I I really like the design uh, that Anton first did with with the original Batman, but there's just something about the second one that it just, I it just goes to a whole uh, a whole other level. And uh, the production designer uh, was a guy named uh, was a guy named uh, Bo Welch, and he really kind of created this almost like you know German expressionistic version of the city you know set against the winter backdrop i mean it, it just feels like the city is a character in and of itself uh, all the while this crazy stuff is going on in gotham city so you know by the by you know 33 years later the penguin emerges and he's in many ways aided by this character max shrek who was a an original creation uh, played by the great christopher walken and he's like this businessman tycoon, just you know, very seedy, very uh, you know, uh, despicable guy, uh, you know, Mister One Percent. And he's trying to, you know, basically, you know, get this power plant approved because he wants to, you know, essentially own all the power in Gotham City. But he's having trouble getting it through city hall and through the mail uh, through the mayor and you know it's like the one hand he can't seem to grease and so by you know sort of happenstance he you know falls into the clutches of the penguin and then they end up kind of you know teaming up together with shrek sort of using the penguin to run as like a, a recall candidate against the mayor um the, the the idea of a mayor you know the penguin running for mayor was borrowed from the original uh, Batman show so you know everything comes full circle I guess but um, you know Shrek's trying to get the Penguin to run for mayor and then all the while Batman is trying to figure out what the Penguin's plan is what he's all about meanwhile uh, Selina Kyle aka Catwoman is a secretary at uh, the same company owned by Max Shrek and he's ends up being responsible for her creation and, and causing her to become Catwoman after she discovers, um, you know, what his intended purposes are for the power plant. And, you know, he basically disposes of, disposes of her by knocking her out a window. And, and then she's, you know, brought back to life essentially by some, uh, you know, uh, you know, cats and becomes, of course, Catwoman and then plots her revenge against Max Shrek, kind of, you know, almost becoming an antithesis of Batman in a way where she's just solely... Uh, driven uh, by vengeance uh, against this one person, and both these characters, Penguin 
Catwoman, and of course Shrek, kind of as the ultimate puppet master. They all uh, are, are sort of you know battling it out uh, with Batman, who's of course you know trying to maintain law and order in Gotham City, while also going through his own kind of you know uh, you know in, internal crisis of identity. And of course, it's all set during the Christmas season, and and you know. Just to you know, quickly give you the, the final gist of it. You know, Batman, of course, does save the day, but it's it's more of a hollow victory because you know, of course, Batman and Catwoman are star-crossed lovers, and it's never meant to be. And it's it's really you know much more of a mellow, uh, melancholy uh, ending than sort of a rousing uh, superhero film that that we're used to seeing. And certainly, up until that point, you know, Batman Returns. Uh, was you know ended truly on a on a dark note, but I actually appreciated it and and, and found it to be um, in keeping with the themes of of both the film and kind of what Burton had established uh, even in the in the original Batman film. So, all right, that kind of gives you a rundown on the plot for those of you uh, uh, who may not have been familiar uh, with it. Uh, for those of you who, of course, have seen the film. Um, you know, just get everybody caught up to speed, but all right now. Now to the real, the real fun part because, as I said, this is one of my favorite Batman movies ever. I mean, like I said, it's a top three Batman film for me, and I think part of it is the Christmas subtext. And Christmas is everywhere in this film. They've got the Gotham Square tree. There's snow everywhere. There's wreaths. There's lights. I mean, you can't help. But 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 see and feel Christmas and think Christmas when you watch this film. The winter subtext is really a part of the film. And, and getting back to it, that was a choice. They didn't have to set this film during December. I mean, with the subplot or the angle of, of the Penguin running for mayor or trying to run for mayor... You know, in many ways, this could have been set during the fall, and, and they could have, you know, literally made the Penguin a, a candidate running for mayor in, in the in the election. But they took the they made the decision to set it at winter at Christmas time, and I think that was a it was both a bold choice because there's not many superhero comic book movies, certainly at that point, that had been set, you know, at Christmas time during the winter. And of course, these movies come out uh, during the summer months, so you've got kind of you know, that jarring effect. But you know, outside of just sort of like the idea of like you know, oh, it's it's Christmas time, the movie really inverts the holiday, and and, and again, it doesn't do it in a malicious way. It's not trying to to poke fun at at the holiday or Christmas, but in many ways, it's sort of taking all of the familiar trappings that we know. Santa Claus, lights, trees, snow, what we usually associate with warmth and joy and family and fun and really turning it on its face because while there is Christmas time and every, you know, you know, the, you know of course the perception is everyone's you know, enjoying the joys of the holiday season, you have in the case of Batman, Catwoman and the Penguin, Three very tragic and scarred psychologically, um, as well as you know, you know, physically, in, in some ways more so than others. But all these three characters who are are all going through pain, all have experienced trauma, and 
in a season that is supposed to be of hope and supposed to be of, of, of joy and warmth, you had these three tragic souls who aren't able to partake in the, in, in the, in the, the merriment of Christmas. None of them have families. I mean, that's, you know, again, sort of a very unique you know, theme. And, and I, again, Burton, I, I think, really knew what he was doing here by crafting this almost this psychological study on all three of these characters who are all are all disturbed in, in, in one way or, or the other, obviously some more so than the, than, than the other, but it, it, it kind of, you know, puts them on display. And, you know, again, at a time where there's usually that like, Oh, the hope of the season, you know, Christmas, you know, you find yourself again. You know, there is no, in many ways, victory for these people. Like I said, all three Batman, Catwoman and, and the penguin, they all have no family. So they're all, you know, kind of you know, missing out on that very central uh, component and to the holiday season, which is being able to spend time with family, finding the joy and love and all of that. And, and they're kind of, you know, these, these social outcasts that are kind of always looking in. And, and, and again, everyone else is sort of going about their merry way. And you have these three people on this, this stage that is Gotham City, sort of working out their own issues and again some more successfully than others and again you throw that in the in the midst of the christmas season it it, it really is kind of this almost you know tortured uh version of of, of you know lowercase a christmas story uh as opposed to you know one where everybody lives happily ever after or everybody goes through this through this arc i mean in many ways it kind of you know, paints a, a a grim but for, in some cases realistic reality of you know just how you know unfortunate and lonely life can be and 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 even at christmas time that can be can be magnified uh you know even more so i mean there's a a wonderful scene um early on in the film before selena kyle played by uh, michelle pfeiffer which I mean, just as an aside, Michelle Pfeiffer gives one of the greatest performances ever in a comic book movie, and, and arguably in in in, you know, in 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 all of film. I mean, it's a transformative, gripping performance of 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 a tragic and layered villain that, frankly, is is right up there with with the greats. I mean, I put her right with uh, obviously Danny Danny DeVito's Penguin, but certainly Heath Ledger's Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I mean, she just she she's playing with 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 uh, with the big leagues in this film, and it's amazing and wonderful that that now thirty years later we're still talking about Michelle Pfeiffer's turn as Catwoman and really what. In many ways, what kind of a gold standard uh, it is, because it is so nuanced and layered, and and really, you know, took it to such a level uh, that that had never been experienced before with that particular character. You know, especially when it had you know had been played you know, mostly by Julie Newmar in the '60s show, and and to a, a little bit um, Lee Merriweather and and Eartha Kitt, but you know, Catwoman was not this sort of a you know complicated and and you know you know certainly very sexy uh you know character in the way that Michelle Pfeiffer uh projected her I mean that's not to you know diminish the other uh, other actresses but it's just it, it's such a wild and raw and, and and frankly beautiful performance that that 
it, it's it's just wonderful to look back on now 30 years later and still find just different nuances and and flourishes to it but but getting back to the particular scene she comes in to her apartment and it's i mean it's literally like a you know a one bedroom dump in gotham city i mean like you can literally you know hear the train outside of of the building and what's so interesting is it's like this putrid pink wall coloring and there's these steel bars that are you know going through the the ceiling and it's almost like the apartment is closing in on on the character and it's just her it's just her and the and her cat and she's so you know sort of detached from society and she doesn't necessarily know it or if she knows it she doesn't acknowledge it like later on she's listened to her messages and her mother who obviously lives far away is you know leaving her a, a message saying how she's disappointed she isn't coming home for christmas and um you know how upsetting uh, it is that to think that her daughter is 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 working as a, a you know a quote unquote lowly secretary in in Gotham City and it's you know just sort of underscores how this character is really kind of at her at, at her uh, you know her, her her wits end in a way and it takes ultimately a, a, a tragic event to kind of you know force her to you know break out of this you know self cocoon that she has put herself in and then kind of, you know, try to find herself and then ultimately never quite getting uh, that kind of love and acceptance that she needs. And I mean, it just, it's its little things like, like that. And again, I go back to the production design, you know, again, you can't help but, but, you know, stumble into Christmas with this film and, you know, in Selena's apartment, I mean, outside of it being this cramped dump, it's depressing. I mean, you've got, again, the, the wall coloring, you've got this like one, you know, what two foot high uh, tabletop tree, which is kind of shoddy looking. I mean, just all these little trappings that kind of reinforce, you know, she is alone at Christmas time. And, and, you know, you can't help as an audience member but to feel sad for her. And then, of course, you know, you compare that to, to Batman Bruce Wayne, who's living alone in this huge gothic mansion. And it's just, you know, him and Alfred. And, of course, Alfred is, is the closest thing he has to family. But, I mean, it would take Alfred away. I mean, it's, he's literally Batman. And, and there's this very unique, uh, you know, sort of struggle that, that the character's going through in this film, which is trying to almost reconcile, you know, who, you know who's the more dominant side? Is it Bruce Wayne? Is it Batman? Can can you find uh, a balance? And, you know, that I thought was a nice touch, you know, that kind of carried on through uh, from the original film with trying to reconcile the identity. And it's through Selena Kyle that, you know, Bruce can see this sort of, you know, same tortured individual like himself. And, of course, with their dual identities of Catwoman and Batman, I mean, they're, I mean, he says it best, they're split right down the middle. And, it's through her he thinks that he can, you know, maybe find some kind of a normal life that he doesn't have to be alone. And as I said earlier, they're they're of course star-crossed lovers, and it's not meant to be. And so, of course, by the end of the film, you know, Bruce is is you know he has Alfred, of course, but I mean he's he's truly alone. I mean he he has, you know, his family of course is dead, and and he's just this almost a a shell of his former self, and. There's almost this feeling that by the end of the film that 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 Bruce Wayne, you know, can't happen. That 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 it, it it's all or nothing. And Batman, 
is 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 who he's meant to be. And I always look at this scene at the end of the film where he takes off his mask and reveals him, himself to uh, you know as Bruce Wayne to Selena Kyle. And I always feel at that moment that it's it really crystal clear that despite you know him being vulnerable and 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 showing his emotions uh, to the woman that he loves, ultimately it isn't going to work out. And that's kind of you know the the saying goodbye to, to the Bruce Wayne character that it really you know he, Batman is who he is. Batman is who he's uh, you know meant to be. And it's you know again there is that sort of bittersweet. Uh, element to it because again, it, you know, you know, at, at, at the end of the film, you know, his story will go on and he's he will continue to be uh, to continue to be Batman. But you know, again, he goes home alone. I mean, again, Alfred, Alfred notwithstanding, but he goes home alone uh, without uh, any family and, and again alone on Christmas. And that's sort of this this theme that that carries out throughout the entire film. The, the Penguin. Again, to, you know, talk about a phenomenal villain played by Danny DeVito. Again, with just so many layers to the character outside of just the phenomenal prosthetics and makeup. Here, here is a really a tragic villain. I mean, diabolical. I mean, his scheme is ultimately revealed that he wants to essentially you know, kill all the firstborn children of Gotham City. Again, kind of you know taking that you know twist on a biblical allegory and and and. You know, throwing in uh, with the Christmas setting, there you know, there's there's a lot of religious subtext going on throughout this film, which you know, it, I have to say, you know, I I I am not the most religious person uh, in the world, but I I did and do appreciate the kind of subtext and themes that run through uh, and the allegories uh, as well. It really just sort of enhances something that you would not expect uh, in a comic book movie. But there is a there is a line. Uh, where the penguin uh, is is talking about how, you know, he has spent every Christmas uh, alone, living, you know, essentially in the sewers of Gotham City, and again, just sort of ties into that theme of of being alone uh, at Christmas time, not having any family, and then trying to, you know, make sense of a world that has that has re- rejected you, and. You know, again, I think the Christmas aesthetic really enhances that theme because, like I said, it's always meant to be warm, and and Christmas movies always have that that you know bubbly feeling. Even if it starts out uh, on a sour note, it, it ends with a with a sweep and a flourish. Batman Returns does not. There, there is no uh, uh, you know visited by three uh, three ghosts of Christmas past. You know, there is none of that. Uh, you know, to, to continue the religious metaphor, you know, come to Jesus moment by the end of the film. It, it really does end on on a on, on very much a dark. You know, maybe not dark is not the right word, but but more of a uh, of a sad uh, ending. And, and again, you you throw that at Christmas time. I think it just sort of exemplifies the theme of loneliness and 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 searching for your for your family. Uh, and, and wanting to have family and trying to find a family, um, you know, and searching for meaning. I mean, like I said, this movie, in theory, could have been set at any other time. But I think the the Christmas element to it just sort of exemplifies and amplifies the the themes that are going on here of isolation, loneliness, you know, identity, and 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 trying to have an understanding. And of course, you know. 
it's sort of, you know, fitting that this sort of battle of the freaks, if you will, is going on on the stage of Gotham City, all the while that, you know, everyday people are going through the day-to-day rituals of Christmas shopping, you know, getting the house ready, all those usual trappings. It, it just sort of kind of shows you how we all become very uh, insulated and, 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 and focused on our own little path, and we don't always uh, pay attention to the struggles of people you know, outside of our little, our little bubble, and it, like I said, to, to find this in a comic book movie, especially at this point where you know things were very A to B, is really extraordinary. And as someone who loves this film and, and considers it a classic, the fact that it has really gone through a renaissance over the last thirty years, because. I mean, when it came out, it was not well received. It did well at the box office. I think it was the number two movie uh, of the year. So it wasn't a a bomb by any means, but it it did make less from Batman uh, Returns. And and critically, it was sort of a mixed uh, a mixed bag. But I think as as things have uh, you know gone on, and there's been this re uh, revisions and, and and renaissance. The movie has really held up. I mean, again, for some, it will never work because it's too extreme and it takes too many bold uh, swings with it. But for me, this is a film like I remember the first time I saw it. And I was probably younger than I should have, but I never was bothered by the by the gothic nature or the dark, darker themes. I, I frankly appreciated it. And this was always the Batman film. Uh, especially, you know, when I had my old VHSs, this was always the one I wanted to watch again and again. Even though, you know, the Joker is always my favorite villain, uh, there was just something about this movie that just—it it just felt bigger. It felt, you know, quote unquote, brighter in the sense—not not in the sense of, uh, uh, of of lighting. I mean, the film is very dark uh, and, and has a, you know, and that's by by purpose and by choice. But it, it does feel. Like the canvas has been expanded, and 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 Burton is really at the height of his powers at this point, and, and he is, it, 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 it's a Tim Burton film, and, and again for some that might be a little too much, but it, it just works. I mean, it 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 has a lot of art house qualities to it, and I mean looking back on it, it's amazing that the film even got off the ground because it it, it really is different than what came before it and, and some of the stuff that occurs in it you know the the, the storyline of, of the penguin wanting to kill the firstborn children to at one point he you know tries to bite a guy's nose off i mean like there's a lot of stuff in here that that i can again i can understand why there were people that may have had an issue i don't agree with it you know because again i think at the end of the day it falls to the parents of whether or not you take your child to see a uh, a Batman film or not, but uh, again, I, I I hear I hear the critics and I hear the you know people that say it was a little too out out there, but for me it worked, it, it, and it worked because it was so different, and it tried to take the story of Batman in a, in a different way. It wasn't just a retread of Batman '89, which again up until that point, a lot of times, with very few exceptions, sequels were retellings of the original film just with maybe a new setting a new location new characters etc and this says no we are going to do things totally different and 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 paint a much different canvas and i think the the result is not only a great comic book movie and in this case a great christmas movie but also 
a, uh, a just a, a fine example of what you can do, sort of when the guardrails are, are, are off, and, and you're just sort of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing uh, what what sticks. And at the end of the day, I think you know it, it's a powerhouse. I mean, it, it's it's twisted. You've got the Christmas aesthetic, which I appreciate. You've got uh, the fantastic score. I haven't even talked about the score by uh, Danny Elfman. I mean, he just, again, cranks this up to an 11 uh, 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 on this particular outing. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton is, is always great as Batman, but I think this was, this was his best one because it really um, was much more than just sort of the tortured Avenger that we saw in the first one. He's really this... You know, weary guardian who, as I said, is trying to to make sense of of his life, and of course, you know, you contrast that with with uh, with, you know, with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and and, and Danny DeVito's uh, vicious yet tragic uh, tragic Penguin. I mean, you've got a great film, and then of course, you know, throw in Christopher Walken, and it's like, I mean, it's just a perfect a perfect combination. I mean, like it shouldn't work, but it 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 does work, and. It's a, it's a, it's almost like it's this nightmarish, you know, nightmare before Christmas in Gotham City, all wrapped up in this guise of of a comic book movie. And, and yes, I acknowledge that there are creative licenses taken, and, and the source material is stretched. I mean, there's no denying this is a very, uh, you know, kind of you know, liberal uh, with with the you know, interpretation of of the Batman. Uh, mythology and and in many ways it it's sort of one half art house uh, film one half uh superhero film and again it, it just it just works and i, I know I, I i always find myself riveted every time uh that i watch it and you know now of course you know with the uh, you know with with the holiday season upon us you know i i'm just equally uh impressed with this film uh and, and it's and it's christmas setting because it just it just works it, it works in a way because like i said most christmas movies you know miracle on 34th street a christmas story there's there's that that sort of you know warm glow uh that 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 you find and you know this is where the Christmas elements are not only given a gothic uh, texture to them, but but in many ways they are they are inverted, and it and it creates this sort of uh, you know tragically poetic tale uh, that that again I I think would not have worked as well as it did without the Christmas setting because it really does it sort of amplify the complexities to each of these characters and and their struggles and their and their stories uh with without the christmas theme I and mean, there's just something about having the snow you know we get, we say nothing of the batmobile driving in the snow that's a great look but there's just something about the snow the twinkling of the lights just sort of that that feeling of christmas and yet this this you know this you know, battle this 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 tragedy of of the freaks is going on and and ultimately of course it ends on a on a tragic poetic note uh, and that it's you know sort of that that you know life goes on you know you know life doesn't stop just for the holidays and and 
you know, unfortunately, there there can be gloom buried beneath uh, beneath the snow. Uh, I know th- this is a film that that the more I go back to it, the more you can unwrap. You know, different little surprises. It's like it's like Russian nesting dolls in a way. You you just keep discovering more and more layers to it. I mean, whether you've got the Max Shrek character and his uh, motivations and machinations, or just sort of you know Batman's uh, characterization in this film, you know, vis-a-vis Catwoman and Penguin. I mean, it, there's just there's so much going on here, and oh, I I just I love the film. I absolutely love this film, and I. I, I will I will defend it uh, to the end. I will defend it not only as a great Batman comic book film, but but really as a Christmas film. Because as I said, if if, if Die Hard can be classified as a Christmas movie, and, and I agree, I think it is a Christmas movie, then so too is Batman Returns. And, and again, it's not just because of the Christmas setting. I think we're taking sort of the themes and the trappings of the holidays and we're and it's being inverted and and twisted in such a gothic uh, nightmarish sense that it really kind of you know puts it all under the microscope uh, and 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 does so uh, with with remarkable success but all right I think I've I think I've talked your ear off enough <laughs> enough for uh, uh, for today uh, let me know your thoughts. I am curious because, again, this is this is a. I don't want to know. I don't want to say it's a divisive film because it, I think it does have a lot more uh, admirers than, than detractors. But but I am curious. I want to know your thoughts on on Batman Returns. And uh, do you agree? Is this a Christmas uh, movie? Uh, again, I've, I've made my uh, I've made my pitch. You know, again, if if Die Hard is, then uh, so too is Batman Returns. But uh, curious to know your thoughts uh as well so uh with that i guess that will um that will take care of uh today's uh today's show till then we'll be back next week and we will do this all over again getting closer and closer to christmas so until then everybody take care be well stay safe and as always go check out some movies bye-bye